Jewish audio on Chabad.org. We all come to Yom Kippur. We want to feel fresh. We want to feel clean. The challenge is that we have so much baggage that we're bringing with us that it's so difficult to let go and just start fresh. One of the most powerful things that we can do on this Holy Shabbat day, just a few days before Yom Kippur, is let go of some of that baggage that we're carrying with us that we're simply not willing to leave behind. And I'm referring to those grudges and those resentments and the negative feelings we have within our heart towards other people, sometimes, maybe even rightfully so. Somebody did something to you in the past year or in the past decade or sometime in the past that's really bogging you down, really hurting you, so painful, and we can't let go. My challenge to you as we get closer to the holiest day of Yom Kippur is leave your baggage behind. Today, whenever we travel, we're told it's so expensive, they charge for every little piece of suitcase and luggage and hand carry-on that you bring with you. Leave it behind, leave your baggage behind because you know, carrying it with you just allows you to be bogged down instead of you becoming free embracing a new year now i'm sure some of you are thinking it's not so easy it's not so simple someone hurt me so deeply this is heavy this is hard this is deeply engraved within me i can't just let go and i understand that it is very difficult although we know that resentment is like taking the poison and expecting someone else to die the reality is when we carry garbage within our heart we're just giving free rent in the most important place in our lives which is our heart to those who we don't care about. But at the same time, it's hard, it's difficult. And what I would like to share with you tonight is a very powerful idea that hopefully will make it easier for you to let go of your baggage, let go of that negativity that's holding you back and not letting you move forward. And this is the incredible extra power that we get this year on Yom Kippur that hasn't happened for quite some time. To be exact, seven years since the last time we got this power, this spirit, and this energy called Hakel. Hakel is an incredible mitzvah which existed during the time of the Holy Temple when all the Jewish people would gather together in the courtyard of the Holy Temple and the king, the Jewish king, would step up on a platform and read special verses from the Torah. At that time, it wasn't just a time of gathering. It was a time when every single Jewish person who was present received incredible energy and courage to move forward and to lift up the burdens of life that up until that point was simply too heavy to carry. Because when the Jewish people all gathered together in that space, they were not any more separate individuals. They became one powerful unit, one body and one soul. And when you're a lot of people together and a lot of godly souls, you can do anything. So when we talk about the year of Hakil, which we just entered a few days ago, this is not just an interesting idea that's abstract. This is real. This is tangible. This is concrete. This basically means that every single one of us is given a gift that this year we have the ability to do things we never thought we can do because of the collective power of Hakil. So as we get closer to Yom Kippur and we're trying to let go of those grudges, in the past you may have said, impossible, I can't do it. This year, because of the blessing of Hakil, because of the collective power of the Jewish people that is heightened this year, you can do it. You can utilize the power of Hakil to overcome those obstacles that until now you couldn't let go, to make that step 
take that action of bridging that gap, of getting that forgiveness, of letting go and moving on using the engine of Hakel. For this week's story, I invite you to open up your hearts, my friends, for an incredible story, which shows us that with the power of Hakel, the power of gathering, the power of togetherness, we can create even the greatest futures that can bridge gaps that seemed impossible to overcome. Here we go, my friends. The story took place back in 2007. There's a family who lives in Eugoria Hills, California. Wonderful family. The dad's a nice Jewish doctor. He's got three children. His middle son is Matt. Matt went to school at the University of Arizona and got involved with his Chabad on campus, which is always a great thing to do. Sure enough, that year it was announced that the entire Chabad on campus family will be inviting students to gather together for a large gathering in Brooklyn, New York for a Shabbat together, a Hakel gathering, a time of togetherness and unity. Matt was very excited to join along with a group of friends from U of A. They flew to New York City for a wonderful weekend together. As Matt showed up at the registration table, he was waiting online. It took some time till he got his turn. So he starts leafing through the papers that were there on the table, which was kind of a roster of all the Jewish kids who came from all over the world, close to 1,000 Jewish students who came to celebrate together. Matt looks at the list and he notices something interesting. There's a young woman by the name of Sasha who goes to the University of North Carolina who also came for the weekend. But what's interesting is that she shares his same last name. It wasn't a super common Jewish last name like Cohen or Goldberg. It was more of a unique niche Jewish last name. And he got really excited. Who could this be? I'm going to look out for her. Sure enough, throughout the weekend, as hundreds of students were milling around and connecting and getting to know each other and going to workshops and gatherings and fabrengans, he's looking out for the North Carolina group. And finally, Shabbos afternoon, during the large lunch, he walks by a table and he sees North Carolina. He goes over and he says, may I ask, who is Sasha here from UNC? And this young woman raises her hand and said, hey, that's me. Nice to meet you. What's your name? He said, my name is Matt. And guess what? We both share the same last name. Interesting. They're gathering together at this tremendous alcohol gathering, connecting for the first time with the same last name. They start asking each other questions because we all know when two Jews meet, you always got to have Jewish geography going. In fact, a wise comedian once said that if two Jews meet and they don't find a connection, one of them is for sure not Jewish. So they start talking and it turns out, my friends, are you ready for this? That Sasha and Matt are first cousins, blood first cousins. Matt learns that he has an uncle, his father's brother, who had a fallout with the family. Never spoke to his parents in 15 years. Hasn't spoken to his brother that long as well. Matt looks at Sasha and says, you're my first cousin I never knew about. They really felt a sense of connection. But not only that, throughout the weekend, they began to feel a sense of purpose. They decided that if we got together, Hakel gathering, the power of unity, we can do something that no one thought can ever be done. Let's bring our family together again. There were moments when they were skeptical. Impossible. There's no way we could do it. We're two college kids, 19, 20 years old. These fights are dealing with adults that's been ingrained for years. But then Matt turned to Sasha and said, we can do this. Let's harness the power of the unity, the power of the togetherness, the power of the Hakel. And Matt came up with this brilliant idea. A little bit risky, but let's give it a try. Coming up in January, in just a few months' time, is the wedding of Matt's older brother. Sasha, 
I invite you to the wedding. Just show up. Don't tell anyone where you're going. Sure enough, my friends, join me as we're sitting in the synagogue in the Chabad house in Agura Hills, California. It's a Friday night, the Shabbat before the wedding. There's a big dinner taking place, celebrating the bride and the groom. When in walks a young woman, she walks straight to the grandmother of the groom. She looks at her and she says, Bubby, I am home. I am your beloved granddaughter, Sasha. At that moment, there was a shriek so loud, the whole synagogue shook. The grandmother grabbed her granddaughter and amidst tears cries out, I can't believe I see you. I can't believe I finally get to meet you. And they embraced. And my friends, the rest is history. That moment was able to bridge that gap, was able to repair that fallout. And ultimately, the rest of the family came along as well. And today, thank God, 15 years later, the family is so closely connected, continuing to grow and to share and to celebrate. This is the power of Hakil, the power of unity, the power of recognizing that when you, right after Shabbat, pick up that phone, call that person who you love so much, who maybe you don't like as much, make up with them, ask for forgiveness, let go of that grudge. Remember, when you hold that phone, you're not holding it alone. There's millions of Jewish people holding it with you because this year is the year of Hakil, the year of togetherness. You can do it. Shana Tova. Gemar Hatimatova.